Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to awesomeo.com's On the Contrary. I'm Dave Locker, and with me today, a special guest and really two fantastic DFS players, some of the sharpest minds in the industry. You know one of them is Alex Baker. I'm Dave Locker. Awesome himself, number one ranked DFS player in the universe. And Brick75, Brian Hooper. Hit him up on Twitter, at Brick75. Check out his YouTube show, LOLZ, L-O-L-Z. Very simple. Brian Hooper YouTube channel every Wednesday night. Him and Pete Overset breaking down DFS and sports betting. Brian, great to have you on the show today, man. We got a lot to get into. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, not your typical DFS show. We're not just going to touch on the chalk and tell everybody to play Derrick Henry and, and Atlanta and Dallas looks like a special game. We're going to talk about some potential pivots away from that. What to do for week two slate that can separate you from the rest of the field in some of these monster tournaments. And I think later on in the show, we'll get into a little sports betting action. I know, Brian, on your uh, Twitter, you've been throwing out some props uh, each day. Good stuff. Getting into some player props. I've dug deep into them for week two as well. Uh, And also just some spread bets, some totals. We'll take a look at some of our favorite stuff. And then, of course, you'll get our fades of the week to close this out. But, Brian, let's kick it off with you. And I do want to start with the Atlanta and Dallas game for for one specific reason. It's going to be massively chalky. Uh, On our top stack tool in Osimo, the top stack percentage of both of these teams, Atlanta and Dallas, is one and two respectively, but the ownership is also through the roof on both. Uh, How are you approaching a game like this where there's a lot of mouths to feed, but a lot of really talented players, and specifically on the Dallas side of the ball, a lot of guys are underpriced relative to this spot and the total that we're staring at for week two. Yeah, I'm, I mean, as of, you know, right now, things could change by tomorrow, uh, noon central, but I'm going to go under on Ryan and slightly under on Dak, but I'm not going to completely fade it. Um, and uh, I, I will have some Julio Jones. And uh, I normally have a decent amount of Julio Jones, so that's not surprising uh, from, for my builds normally. And he could, uh, you know, he could always go off, uh, even at, you know, even with some decent amount of ownership to him. But I don't have a ton of ownership on him too, so uh, I, I think you could definitely still stick some Julio Jones in. Um, and um, uh, hold on one second, Brian. Do you, yeah. Alex? Does, do you have a fan going on somewhere? There's some strange feedback that we're getting, so we're going fixing that. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. 
Okay, well, I'll, hopefully it's not me. Let me turn something down here. No, that's my bad. Okay. Um, and then Gurley, uh, uh, I'm looking to go just 3% on him. About somewhere around there for now. Um, but that, that's about what I'm looking at as far as is that game. I'm really liking uh, Zeke Elliott again this week, though. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, Alex, 89 and a half yard rushing prop. Wait till we get to Derrick Henry's prop, by the way. I <laughs> promise this will, this will shock many of you. Even though we all expect him to have a huge game, I was not expecting to see something uh, to that level. But uh, when you're looking at, uh, when you're looking at Denver, or Dallas and the Atlanta Falcons, Alex, you have on DraftKings specifically, if you pull the prices up, the, the one reason you're going to get such immense ownership on these guys is because Amari Cooper is 6,300. Michael Gallup is 5,600 against an Atlanta Falcons team that just seeded uh, a ton of yards. And essentially, Russell Wilson did anything he wanted in week one against the Falcons, completed almost all of his passes, deep balls uh, over the middle, didn't matter. He crushed that. So you've got Cooper Gallup at 5,600, CeeDee Lamb at 4,700. It's gonna, it's going to funnel a ton of people onto this game specifically because of salary. They look at the total, they say, okay, we're 50 plus points. How do I get away from that? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the highest totals we'll see in the NFL at nearly 54. So I think that the potential of this game is huge. The ownership is there too. I mean, it's one of those situations where it's going to be hard to get an edge on the field by taking this Atlanta Dallas game because they're already there. So I'm probably going to not take like a huge stand. I think they're like pretty good plays. Um, pretty much anyone in this game, really. Julio, Calvin Ridley, Zeke, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Like, honestly, like you can mix and match them. So it's, it's hard to really talk people out of them, except that uh, in NFL, one of our big strategies is game correlation. So if we play this uh, game for maybe uh, one team dominates and they get a lot of rushing yards, maybe you build your lineup one way. But this game, how you play it, is going to be pivotal this week. Brian, before the show got started, we talked about, and Alex, someone said you need to turn your mic down a little bit. We talked about um, the correlation discussion between running back, running back a running back in game stacks. Um, how do you approach something like that on a game like this? And we can paint a broad brush, but maybe we can, we can use this game as an example with two viable running backs in Ezekiel Elliott uh, and Todd Gurley. So if you're stacking quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, how are you running it back? And will running backs be involved for you on the other end? Generally not. I'm not forcing that, uh, that correlation. I mean, from what I've, what I've seen, there's not a huge correlation between QB and opposing running back. So if it happens, then like the way the way I build, I uh, I build in in Fantasy Cruncher and then export and then I manipulate the data. So uh, there there is like a bump to opposing running backs, um, but I'm not like going into group settings and you know making sure the opposing running back is in all these big stacks. Um, but if it happens, it happens and. Um, there are some circumstances where I would change it. So like, um, you know, like, like J like if James white was starting and Burkhead and Michelle were out or something like that, 
Uh, maybe not now, but well, well, Cam Newton kind of dumps it off a decent amount too. But uh, Eckler is another one like who could catch a lot. Uh, McCaffrey, maybe some guys where the correlations are going to be a little higher. But just the way I think about it is like there's a lot of ways to get up in a football game, right? Defensively, special teams, running, passing, a combination of the two. But usually when you're down, you're chucking it. So that's where you're going to get your big Adam Thielen, uh, Devontae Adams run back stacks is when you're down three touchdowns, whatever, like the Vikings were. And they're just chucking it, you know, uh, not you're not getting it from. I mean, there's no like guarantee that uh, Josh Jacobs is going to, you know, rush three in and then the other team's going to come back and, and 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 chuck it or vice versa, if that makes any sense. It does. Do, do you relate it to specific situations or is it kind of a blanket approach for you? Whereas like last week, I don't think any of us were surprised to see Josh Jacobs run all over. Uh, the the Carolina Panthers and have them try and force the ball back through the air to somebody like Robbie Anderson? Or is this just a spot where you generally would say, hey, I'm willing to to risk having these games where the running back on the other side does go off uh, because normally that's not going to be the case? Yeah, I'm willing to risk it. I mean, I'm not I'm not forcing a group of the opponent the opponent running back very often, unless it's like in those extreme circumstances, like I mentioned with the pass catching back or a pass catching back with a bunch of injuries around him, something like that, where he's almost like a wide receiver. Alex talking about someone like Devonte Adams, monster, monster market share of targets last week. He's going to be popular again this week. A few guys getting quite a bit of ownership and many of them for good reason. Devontae Adams is one of maybe eight or nine guys that we currently have projected over 20% ownership uh, at our awesome ownership projections. It, going up against the Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford uh, having that uh, horrible drop last week in the end zone to DeAndre Swift, it could have put them over the top to win that against Chicago. Now they come into Lambeau Field. Stafford's actually had a ton of success against against this Green Bay team in the past. Uh, I'm I actually have Detroit. Uh, I'm taking the points with Detroit at six and a half, but I do think once again I'm willing to look back to someone in De- Devonte Adams very simply because anybody that's on a team where your secondary and, and third receivers are Alan Lazard and Valdez Scantling, who are fine but not a, not supremely impressive, uh, in, in getting 17 targets in a game with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, it is hard for me to get away from him. Uh, what are you doing with some of these chalky options like Devontae Adams this week going up against the Detroit team that, by the way, may need to run out their their first-round rookie cornerback in his first game to, to stick Devontae Adams? They don't really have many answers for him. Yeah, I think that um, Devontae Adams really stands out as a great option this week. He... Had an exceptional game last week. Part of it goes back to that conversation we were having about uh, the game stack, where the game, there are certain situations which just really create a lot of fancy points. And what usually needs to happen is both teams need to be playing from behind for like good stretches of the end of the game. Because like one team scores and the other team's down, then they have to like score. Because the worst thing in fantasy is you get a situation where they're they're chewing clock and fantasy production really grinds to a halt. 
So I, uh, going back to the the previous conversation, I think like I'm I'm looking at running back game stacks as like a way to to like get that where like you know for it to work, you need touchdowns to be scored. You don't know who's going to score them. So that's something I'm I'm looking to because like you're trying to like create this lineup that has the right expectations for an outlier. But uh, Devontae Adams, uh, the only thing is like he's a great play, but. Uh, there's a lot of other great wide receivers, and many of who like didn't have big games last week and might not be high owned. And I, I'm pretty happy going to them, given that Devonte Adams is kind of like the trendy play, and I think a lot of other guys on the slate have really great upside as well. Yeah, Brian, I'll move it over to you. We can talk about kind of this high range or the high end of the wide receiver position with Devonte Adams coming in at the top. Then you've got DeAndre Hopkins. Another player who I think, to the surprise of many, was frequently targeted by Kyler Murray uh, in their first game together, hauled in 14 of 16 targets uh, in a upset win over the San Francisco 49ers. And then your usual suspects, Julio Jones, uh, Adam Thielen, who came on real big late in that game, but basically Green Bay stymied that offense for the first three and a half quarters. Uh, And then Tyreek Hill kind of sandwiched in between there at 7,500. Tyree Kill right now coming in at sub-5% ownership. A, a lot of these guys, and I think Alex kind of touched on it, because Devontae Adams is going to be so popular and because Julio Jones in those game stacks or even individually against Dallas is going to be so heavily owned, uh, it, it appears many of these guys could go overlooked. Is there merit to, to, to getting on to some of them just as a way to be different? Yeah, so all those guys sound like like solid plays. I'm not getting a ton of Tyreek Hill as of right now. And last week, Devontae Adams was my highest owned player. And it looks like it's, he's going to be my highest owned again this week, uh, despite the, the, the heavy ownership. Um, I'm not, I can't remember who else did you say besides Tyreek Hill there? Oh, Thielen. I'm like, kind of like right around the field. Devontae or DeAndre Hopkins was another one. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is, you know, that, that was pretty interesting last week. Cause you know, season long, I've been playing season long, you know, since I was a kid, and I always kind of in my head, I would not take uh, stud wide receivers who either had a new quarterback or were on a new team with a new quarterback. That was just kind of, I don't know if there's any data behind that, but uh, I just kind of want to stay away just because you don't know how the chemistry is going to work. So that's a pretty damn good sign that, uh, you know, you got a, a second year quarterback with a stud wide receiver and they're already you know, connecting for 14, 15 catches. So I, I, I will have a decent amount of, of Hopkins. I don't see how I don't either. And Alex, if we're sticking on the subject of seven, we'll, we'll go with seven K plus guys. Chris Godwin, by the way, rounds it out at the bottom of that range, $7,000. He's doubtful to play. Seems very unlikely with the concussion that he's active, but he was uh, limited in Friday's practice. So there may be some there may be some silver lining there. It's still hard to say. What do you make of DeAndre Hopkins? A question that I've got a lot this week because uh, kind of as we've all just discussed, it's it's hard to to confidently get there if it means getting less Devontae Adams. And uh, my first crunch, I got a lot of Devontae Adams, and I'm still okay with it just because of the sheer volume of targets and opportunity. Uh, but Hopkins saw only one fewer target last week. Uh, and I would imagine that, that he's not going to be nearly as popular as Devontae Adams. I guess, actually, yeah, he's going to be about 7 8% less on. Yeah, I think Hopkins is a solid play. Um, he got, like, the volume 
it seems like he's really going to take a lot away from the other receivers in Arizona. So that that makes it a little bit hard to to go to like Christian Kirks and other guys. Um, one way this could all go horribly wrong is, I mean, Arizona is playing the the football team this week and they're big favorites. So I'm actually looking at Kenyon Drake as a really good option this week because uh, we saw Kyler Murray really get it done, like connecting with Hopkins but I think there's a pretty good chance that Arizona's sub big they get a lot of rushing attempts and, and Kenya Drake isn't kind of like the the trendy play this week so that's my lean in this game let me make a bit of a sharp pivot here Brian get to another one of these one o'clock games San Francisco and uh, New York Jets Niners disappointment coming off that Super Bowl loss dropped the first game 24 to 20 uh, against what looks to be an upstart Arizona squad now you're without George Kittle, who was injured in the second half of that game. Debo Samuel's on the IR. Sure, you have Brandon Ayuk coming back, but uh, it, it feels like a spot where they could just pound the rock all game long because opposite them, you've got no Jamison Crowder, who was the one one bright spot on this New York Jets offense last week. Sam Darnold still hasn't proven himself. And now with Le'Veon Bell on the uh, injured reserve. You've got Frank Gore and Josh Adams manning the backfield for the Jets. Uh, I'll be honest. I know San Francisco's got some injuries. I know Richard Sherman hit the IR. Uh, I know D Ford's questionable. They got a bunch going on. But I, I, I laid the points with San Francisco this week. I, I, I Seven points to me, even coming west to east, still didn't seem like enough. It, the, the question I have to you is, is there any value we can pull out of this? Is Brashad Perriman? with potentially or with a banged up uh, secondary for San Francisco worth getting to. Uh, and do you think this game blows out with the Jets complete ineptitude offensively? I have no idea if it blows out, but um, uh, Rufus Peabody on his podcast about the process took, uh, I think he took the Jets. So, Interesting. yeah. So that's something cause he's, he actually bets sides. So something to keep in mind. And from what I have here, you know, I just did a, a, a run before the show. I'm actually, I'm actually over the field on Darnold and I'm getting a lot of Herndon. Um, and then it's a decent amount of stacks too with, uh, with uh, Perriman and um, who's the other wide receiver they got there. So James McCrowd is out. Denzel oh. Mims is out. Uh, Chris Hogan is someone uh, Barry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Herndon and Perriman. I think okay. the, uh, if, if I'm doing a two man stack. Um, and, uh, I, 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 we, we talked about this before the show me and Alex, I have no, I have no gore and I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine fading gore right, as of, as of now. What about on the other side though? And, and look, I, I don't, I, I don't see, we saw Mitchell Trubisky come through late in last week's game. You don't have to be a good quarterback to be a good DFS play. We all know that. Uh, and Sam Darnold is cheap. Personally, I do like Prashad Perryman a lot. Uh, I don't think I'm as high on Chris Herndon, but aside from that, do you run? Do you look on the other side? Forget about running it back, but um, somebody like somebody like uh, Raheem Mostert in a spot where San Francisco is really, really hamstrung from a skill position standpoint. Again, no Samuel, George Kittle, their target hog is out. They're going to have to rely on guys like Jordan Reed and Kendrick Bourne and and rookie Brandon Ayuk. Uh, does 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 Mostert just fall into a monster role this week against the Jets? I have him in 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 some lineups, not a ton. He's my 14th highest owned. 
uh, running back for me. I mean, you know, he could go off for sure. Um, maybe there'll be some more uh, info on on what the shares will be by by Sunday. But he could he could go off. I mean, he can go off against the Jets, favored by seven, definitely. Yeah, I would think so too. What? How are you approaching this one, Alex? Between two teams that are just severely banged up and, and one of whom hasn't really shown much offensive acumen with Adam Gase at the helm. Yeah, I mean, the Jets were one of my favorite players in season long because no one was on them. Le'Veon Bell gets put on the IR week one, and then uh, Jamison Crowder is out. So that definitely makes it more appealing to go to, uh, go to Bashad Perryman and Chris Herndon. They're pretty solid players, and the volume should be there and a, and a really good game script. The only problem is, like, this is the worst possible team in my top stacks. I have them as a 0.7% chance of being the top stack, uh, which is 26 out of 26 teams. So, like, I, I think Perryman and... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Herndon will be good value plays this week, so people will land on the stack a decent amount. And I'm probably going to uh, gonna fade that. I think there's a lot better options. Let's talk about another bad overall team that you know, might have some value. I'm personally not seeing much of it. There is one player I like, uh, but Alex, the Miami Dolphins against Buffalo, there's the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick. We, we, the one thing, the one predictable thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick is that he's unpredictable. It, very rarely do we have any idea what you're going to get out of him. We do know he's going to chuck it though, but the bills are without Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, two lot, two starting linebackers, uh, I don't know what the situation is going to be uh, with Devontae Parker. He is officially questionable with a hamstring injury, and it seems like every player in the NFL that gets hurt has a hamstring injury. It's nuts. Uh, I personally like Mike Gusecki as a pivot off of uh, a few popular options. If both starting linebackers are going to be out, this is definitely a spot that I can get onto. Uh, Ownership obviously plays a role, but – is there anything in Miami you like? We have Chad asking about the run game too, which is just a mess. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if Gaskin is available in your leagues, I took some shots on him in season long. Uh, but yeah, same as the Jets, where like there's not very much predictability to how these guys are going to be used, and the pie is pretty small to begin with. But I, I'm kind of landing on Preston Williams here. He uh, he went out last year to do a season-ending injury, but he played. 97% of passing plays he ran route on in week one. He saw seven targets. Those are definitely really encouraging signs for a player maybe would be worried about 
uh, starting the season a little bit limited. So he's a he's definitely a target on a bad team for me. And then Jasicki, I think I, I agree with you, Lafayette, that he's a good play. He he ran routes on 82% of the snaps, uh, which is really high for a tight end. So it's just a volume play. I think he could easily be one of the highest volume tight ends this week. Yeah, and last year he was targeted on more deep balls, more balls 20-plus yards downfield than any, any tight end not named Mark Andrews. So uh, I have some interest there. Uh, on the other side, Brian, Buffalo had a really strange game plan last week. They, they got stymied on the ground a bit uh, with, with Devin Singletary and new addition Zach Moss. But of three, and, and I came across a stat I was shocked by it, of three players to run 50-plus routes in week one of, of any team, two of them were on the Bills, Stefan Diggs and um, John Brown. And it was Josh Allen's first 300-yard passing game. Now, you might say, all right, well, were they playing from behind? Did they need to play catch-up? No, they manufactured the lead by, by, by uh, aerial attack. Uh, and even guys like uh, Devin Singletary cut finishing the game with seven targets. Zach Moss finishing the game with four. This was a, an all-out aerial assault uh, against a, a bad Miami team. Or I'm sorry, who did they play? Uh, the Jets, right? Against a bad Jets team. But I, I was a little bit shocked to see how often they, they, they relied on the passing game. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm complete. Um, I don't want to say completely fading this game, but for like the skill positions besides Singletary, um, it's looking like I'm not going to play them. I mean, I'm I'm going through my my spreadsheets here to see if I have an error because I have so little of both of these teams, uh, but I don't think I do. And I do have a lot of bills, and so like, you know, Fitzpatrick cuts both ways, right? Like he can have that. 380 yard come from behind four tutty game and he can also blow up and almost get benched so uh even with the injuries i mean it's still fitzpatrick so i'm not i'm not afraid of uh of uh playing the bills against them at a decent clip um but other than that i'm not i mean i have like zero of the running backs zero allen zero uh, uh fitz magic all right. If you go to oddshopper.com, too, you can search these names for player props. One that I came across I really like. Uh, if you just go to NFL uh, and you click on player props, oddshopper.awesomeo.com. It's our, it's, our, it's our site to shop odds, to, to, to put in watch lists, to get alerts when the, bets, uh, move, or the line moves to where you're looking. Uh, my favorite part is you can just search somebody's name and get all of their props to come up. Uh, and you, can have, you have a bet tracker on there. So there's so much awesome stuff. We've got a ton of different books on there that you can shop odds from. But, uh, yeah, the, the one that, that, that showed up to me that was really interesting was Mike Gusecki. Uh, it's not on DraftKings right now, but it was uh, on FanDuel at 34.5 receiving yards. And o- over was at uh, minus 105. So uh, I, I like that. He was targeted five times last week, and I think he's targeted more in a spot like this. Very tough matchup against the Patriots last week. Now you've got two missing uh, linebackers, starting linebackers for Buffalo. So check that out, oddshopper.awesomeo.com. And by the way, we're doing an awesome flash sale right now. If, you ha- if you're not an Awesomeo subscriber, uh, well, here's the greatest thing. From now till the end of the show, you get 50% off your monthly NFL pass. All you have to do is use the promo code week two. 50% off. You have till the end of this show. Who knows when it's going to end? So do it now. 50% off the entire month. That's a huge discount. It's going to be till the end of the show. And the promo code is week two. All one word, W-E-E-K, 
two, number two. Get in on that. Uh, you've got the awesome ownership projections, the player projections, the awesome top stack tool. You can get in on the Fantasy Cruncher add-on, the lineup builder, all of our premium articles, all of our premium content, uh, and so much more. It's 50% off. Use week two. It's going to go to the end of the show. It's the only flash sale we're doing for a little while. So get in on that. And when you do, be sure to uh, head over to the premium Slack chat. Say what's up. Talking sports, betting, DFS all day long. And remember, all these tools created, developed, and used by Awesomeo himself. Number one ranked DFS player in the world. We're not just slapping his name on it. This is the real deal. He uses them to win a ton of money. And, uh, well, we hope that you come over and do the same. Week two, all one word. That's the promo at checkout. All right. Um, Alex, one of the games that stands out to me that is, is kind of fascinating is Kansas City and the L.A. Chargers. The, the Chargers right now, eight-and-a-half-point dogs, and Kansas City in your top stack model have the third-highest top stack probability at 8.8%, behind only Atlanta and Dallas, who are both playing in the same game. And I was a little bit surprised here when I first looked at this to see that Kansas City's value is actually very high. Uh, usually when you have these top stacks, uh, probabilities very high, you'll see that the value oftentimes can be low because they're just better plays than the rest of the field. But uh, Atlanta, Dallas, and Kansas City have one, two, and three, respectively, uh, top value ratings as well. Very strange for a slate like this. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City is a team that they have like exceptional talent so every single week they're in contention to be one of the best plays this week it seems like maybe they're not going to be that popular because week one they ran the ball a lot more than people expected and uh they're playing the chargers they're nine point dogs so i think that uh is going to dissuade people from taking the the passing game but really like the the chewing clock factor comes more into play in the fourth quarter Kansas City is definitely a team that, that can get it done in three quarters for your fantasy team. So it's not necessarily something I would be shying away from. Uh, just taking maybe a Kelsey Mahomes stack or a Tyreek Hill Mahomes stack. They have decent run back options too on the Chargers. The Chargers aren't projected to do very well, but Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and... Uh, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, these are all guys that, that have upside, so I think this game could be sneaky. All right, well, a skilled fan, a DFS player like yourself, Brian, could probably do a good job of answering this question. Travis Kelsey is the only player right now getting double-digit ownership uh, at the Kansas City or on the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyree killed for pretty obvious reasons, and you already mentioned you're not getting a ton of him. He's sandwiched in between a ton of really talented, high-end, high-volume receivers. Uh, is 5%. But then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire nestled right in there between them at uh, 8%. And if you take a look just specifically at the running back position, using DraftKings to be uh, just to make this a little bit easier, he's all the way down there behind like 15 other running backs coming off a monster NFL debut. Not really any work in the passing game, but now he goes into a game where they're 8.5 point favorites. Uh, is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire not getting enough ownership, or is this where you think he should be? That's probably where he should be. So, you know, just a quick note, the way the, the way I'm coming at it for this show anyways is like if we're playing the Millie Maker or something like that, like a big, huge GPP on DK. So I'm going to be fading guys with a lot of ownership. And although he doesn't have a ton, um, I'm going to be under the field slightly on him. But K- 
Kelsey, um, as of now, I'm, I'm over the field. I'm over the field on. And, and just to echo really quick um, what Alex was saying, I, I like the Chargers. And to, you know, bring it full circle with the, with the running back comeback, I like Eckler here too. Um, you know, you could see this game playing out where they're down two, three touchdowns. And Tyra and, and Tarad, I think is how he wants to be called now. Tarad wants to, uh, uh, he could be easily be dumping him off, uh, you know, just short routes in a prevent defense and you could rack up a quick, quick 10 points. Um, you know, I, I just thought of this. I should have mentioned this when that during our run back. Here's another thing is if your run back is a, is a, is a ground game running back and, and they're up, right? It doesn't necessarily mean this guy's going to run it in at the end, right? If there's like eight minutes and they're just going to try to run the clock out, well, if they get it under two, he's not going to run it in, even if they're on the one yard line, unless it's an asshole coach, right? <laughs> they're just going to kneel it. So like, or an asshole player. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You might be able to pull that off, but you got to get the whole, the whole team to, to go with you. So, uh, you know, but Eckler, that's, that, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, in, in this scenario, because, the chief, you know, most likely the Chiefs are going to be up a decent amount going late. So I'm enamored with Austin Eckler this week, and I, I think I said on Thursday's show that, you know, what what Austin Eckler does could have uh, a lot to do with how my week goes, uh, only because his ownership right now is a lot lower than I anticipated. He's coming in sub five percent, and I don't know if it's recency bias. I don't know if it's the fact that Joshua Kelly, uh, by the way, Justin Jackson not expected to play, but. I don't know if it's the fact that he was out-touched by, um, by Joshua Kelly in the second half, 10-9 to nine last game. Maybe that's it. Uh, the fact that he was only targeted once in the passing game, I know that's going to sour people's opinion on him a little bit. But mind you, that was not a spot where they needed to rely on Austin Eckler to, to get the ball into his hands uh, and, and, and make plays in space to try and move the ball downfield. Uh, Alex, in a spot like this, Austin Eckler could really be utilized and not only utilized, but they might need to utilize him in the passing game if they go down early. They're eight and a half point dogs here against the most prolific offense we've seen in a long time. I know Terod Taylor is a, is a rushing quarterback, and oftentimes that downplays the, the, uh, the value, how valuable a pass catching running back is. But it, it's hard to envision a way that Austin Eckler isn't used more uh, as a pass catcher out of the backfield this week, unless somehow Kansas City just doesn't score. Yeah, I mean, I think people are down on Eckler because he kind of fits that narrative you're saying where it's Tarad, uh, apparently. Uh, yeah. I think uh, he's... Brian's right about that. Last, I remember last year he, he did specify, hey, I want to be called Tarad. It's not Tyrod. <laughs> well, just uh, apologies to Tarad because I, I got that one wrong before. But <laughs> I think... Uh, Eckler, you'd be concerned if he wasn't running routes, but he ran routes on 62% of passing plays last week. He's only targeted once. That can just be an anomaly. So I'm, I'm not like I, I agree with the public sentiment that Eckler probably won't get as many receiving yards as last year with Philip Rivers, but he was like so amazingly great with Philip Rivers, and even if he's just good with Tarad, that's still going to be a good player. Uh, this $6,500 salary versus a team that that can definitely put up a lot of points. Uh, that's kind of appealing. Uh, especially, I mean, people were giving, like, drafting him in the start of the second round this year, 
and they're ready to give up after one week. I, I don't do do like that. You know, I, I try to at least give them two shots. So let's, yeah. let's go. <laughs> so you give until next week. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Alex, it, here's the crazy thing about Eckler. We're acting like he wasn't used. The guy still had 20 touches. If, if you're a running back and you have 20 touches in any game, you know, unless you're Derrick Henry, who you expect more from, 19 carries is still a lot. And sure, he didn't punch it in the end zone. He wasn't involved as a pass catcher. But to act like Austin Eckler was just phased out of the offense for Joshua Kelly and he's not going to be used frequently anymore uh, is is ridiculous. I mean, hell, he, he played uh, 70% of the snaps compared to Kelly's 24 yeah, I think uh, Eckler, there was some concerns that maybe it'd be a committee. And after last week's snap counts, I think we don't have to worry. So I think he's the number one running back by a wide margin. All right, Brian, let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about chalk running backs because there are a couple of them this week. We have to start with Derrick Henry. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show that his rushing prop is pretty wild. You take someone in Ezekiel Elliott. He has a rushing prop this week of 89 and a half, right? Okay. Pretty, for elite running backs, that's kind of standard. Derrick Henry is 118 and a half against <laughs> Jacksonville. That's a wild number. Um, and you know what? I think he easily eclipses 118 and a half, but we can hit on that at the end of the show. I really do. Now, I don't know how comfortable I am taking that bet, but when it comes to Derrick Henry at 7,900 on DraftKings, Someone who had 31 carries last week, despite being completely ineffective on the ground against a good defensive front for Denver, now faces a Jacksonville team that they're big favorites against. And I, I, this is this will be the death of me, but I have a very tough see, time seeing how Derrick Henry doesn't succeed in this spot. You know, famous last words, right? Yeah, that I mean that 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 total is is pretty ridiculous. It's for insane. A I'm getting. I'm still getting to him. I am. I am under that though. <laughs> I am under that. Uh, that that monster prop total. Um, you know he's so he's so good. I think they need like 150, 155 team rushing yards to make that. Maybe more than that to make that prop line viable. Um, that seems a little high for me in this in this situation against Jacksonville. Um, but you know, obviously, I could be wrong. But I mean, I, he's he's a stud. So um, I don't see how you completely get away from him, but maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I don't either. And Alex, I think one way that you could get away from him is if DraftKings correctly priced him. I don't think they did personally, but that's just one man's opinion. 7,900 seems a little, a little soft on somebody that uh, is going to touch the ball 30 times in even a relatively decent game script. Uh, Darrington Evans is out. And I know, I know most people might scoff at this, but I do think the fact that Deion Lewis is gone does have something to do with maybe Derrick Henry sees a couple additional targets a game. Maybe he goes from seeing one a game to three or four. Uh, He was three for three last game, only 15 yards, but they actually had a few designed plays to get him the ball out of the backfield. Little things, I get it, but uh, just such a volume monster that I don't think Jacksonville and Garner Minshew have near the amount of success they did completing 19 of 20 passes against the Colts last week. I just don't see that being the case. It's a much more formidable defense for Tennessee, uh, and I think they control the tempo of this game. What about you? 
I think Henry, I, I think that prop that you guys are talking about is, is ridiculous. Like the, it, the under is definitely the play. I, I think I would bet that I might after the show go and do that, but like the, that just doesn't make any sense. You can do that by going to oddshopper.awesomeo.com. <laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe I can do it on stream here, but the the Titans ran 81 plays on Monday night, and I have them projected to run 58 plays here. So like, uh, that's probably where I'm getting this difference. Where like, if they're if this game is a lot more high paced than I expect, then I could see it. But that doesn't mean Derrick Henry is not a great play in DFS because I mean, 118 is not that far from the truth, or from where I, I would think it would be. And whenever you have a guy that's projected for more than 100 yards, that's like a total stud play. So I think that the game script looks really good versus Jacksonville. They were surprisingly good last week, but the uh, betting markets haven't bought into Jacksonville being good at all. Tennessee is a seven-point favorite here. So I think Henry's a great play. All right. So the weird thing last week... Alex, sticking with you for a minute here, was you, you look at the amount of plays that Tennessee ran, and it was insane. But also, factor in, Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 43 times, which is very, very um, uncharacteristic of this offense and, and of him. Now, another reason, though, that I, I think Derrick Henry, and like I said, I'm not comfortable taking the over on 118. It just seems ridiculous. Uh, but the one reason I could see him going well over that mark is that A.J. Brown is also out for Tennessee. So if, if you're coming in, if you're Mike Vrabel and you're saying, how do, we, how do we control the game and beat them? If I had to guess, you say, well, we have the most bruising running back that anyone's seen in, 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 in a little while. Uh, he can handle 30 carries or however many he needs. We're down our second-year stud-wide receiver, and we're going to have to rely on Corey Davis and Janu Smith if we want to move the ball downfield through. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The air. So I, I do think there is an there is an aspect of this game right now that that, that could see Derrick Henry just eating this defense alive. Uh, what about the other side though with Jacksonville? Uh, I know last week you had some interest in Robinson. He actually saw all 16 of the running back carries for that team. All 16 running back carries went to, to James Robinson. Uh, and then Minshew just effectively moved it downfield, completed 19 at 20, but you know didn't really put up any big games for anybody because the passing volume was so low. Yeah, I think uh... – James Robinson, like, there was all this hype that he'd be a workhorse back, and he actually was, and that was kind of surprising. But 
Uh, I think he's a play this week. Not someone you should get super excited about because Jacksonville is a big dog in this game. He is super, super cheap on FanDuel at 5,300. DK at 4,400, not quite as much of a value play. But I think just there's so many great running back plays on this slate that go into a value play on a, a bad team. There's a big opportunity cost there, so it's probably not going to be a go-to strategy, but since the show is called on the contrary, why not, right? That's right, and that's why uh, it's time to see if Brian has any any contrary thoughts <laughs> when it comes to this Indianapolis backfield. <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor getting a, a boatload of attention right now, 32%, Brian, which is I, – I, it's not to say I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by it, but with Marlon Mack going down with a season-ending injury, I know Frank Reich still intends on using Naeem Hines, but uh, Jonathan Taylor was rather impressive in his start. This whole run game only had 82 yards on 22 car- or 88 yards on 22 carries against Jacksonville, but the, re- the, the running backs, and I found this to be an interesting stat. Maybe it's just me, but the running backs in this game combined for 144 receiving yards on 14 receptions or four, yeah 14 receptions and a touchdown against Jacksonville and no one in the league outside of there was one outside of Jamison Crowder no one in the league had more yards after the catch than Jonathan Taylor with 87 yards after the catch i thought it was, it was pretty interesting how effective he was as a pass catcher despite never being used as one in college yeah that doesn't doesn't surprise you right rivers dumping it off to to rbs for mm-hmm. for big gain but I mean, I'm I'm under the market, in the in the, like the the sports betting market and the consensus market of projection sources on Taylor's rushing yards. So I'm gonna be unless things change under. Uh, I mean, he's also, you know, one of the highest highest if if not, I think he is the highest maybe projected own RB out there. Highest owned player, as a matter of fact. Okay, and there you go. And so the you know, thinking in like I said, a big huge. DKGPP, the way I do it anyways, he's going to be penalized to the point where he, he's not going to, I'm not going to be getting 60% of them. And I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm probably going to be half, half the field, maybe less okay. on, on Taylor. Yeah. Alex, are, are you in the same boat as it stands right now? About uh, 22 hours before kickoff. I, I liked, uh, I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. I think I might have him a good amount because you look at this team, uh, the Colts, like they're a big favorite in this game versus Minnesota, which surprised me a little bit, but uh, I'm willing to buy into it. I think that with uh, Marlon Mack... Only three points, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. But their team total is 26, which is pretty good. Yeah, big total for sure. That Minnesota defense looked terrible last week. Yeah, so I think um, the the number of rushing attempts should be good for Taylor and uh, Jordan Wilkins could ruin it if like if the team wants to give him a significant workload, but I wouldn't expect that. And then Naheem Hines, I think like is going to be overhyped because he had a big game last week, but we've seen over several seasons that he's just not that great of a fantasy player. The quarterback change to Phil Rivers is a big advantage for Hines, but he is more of a um, pass-catching back, so I think that bodes well for Jonathan Taylor uh, having a big workload here. Yeah, what about um, 
What about guys like Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton? Because Devontae Adams and Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard, they ate this, this, this revamped Minnesota secondary alive last week. Um, Phillip Rivers threw for nearly, what, 400 yards, 360-some yards, 363 yards. He just, once again, throws for a ton of yards and can't punch it in the end zone. But now you've got a, an even better matchup, apparently, or at least so it seems. Uh, and we talked about this before week one, that Minnesota could really struggle in that respect uh, against the Vikings. C.Y. Elton's 57. Paris Campbell's 45. Uh, these guys are coming in at a, at a pretty considerable discount. If Jonathan Taylor's going to be this popular, is there merit to saying, you know what, maybe I should just start looking at the passing game instead uh, and potentially get some leverage that way? Definitely. I mean, I think the passing attack in Indianapolis is pretty promising. It's funny that Paris Campbell is getting like so much hype because of one game, but that's what week yeah. two is like. So I'm happy to, uh, to go to T.Y. Hilton, who got the same number of targets played a snap or two more or two or just one snap more but i think that uh ty hilton is kind of my bounce back candidate and i just he has a long history of being a great wide receiver and you put him in with a better quarterback than he's had before uh with jacoby Brissett last year for for however many games and i think that the situation is prime for ty hilton to have a really great year yeah, I agree with you. I'll go to Brian. Is this a game, Brian, despite the fact that you're coming in seemingly considerably underweight on, on Jonathan Taylor? Uh, is this a game that you have interest in outside of the run, the indie run game? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to be over on Phillip, and, and T.Y. Hilton's my fifth highest owned right now wide receiver. I'm going to have some Campbell, too, and so uh, I'm assuming, although I can't really tell, that there's going to be some some stacks in there, too with with both of them um and the, the script you know hopefully if it works out like like i have it here where i fade taylor but they still dominate well then these guys are going to get all the points so you know you could hop above a ton of lineups if it if it just plays out in your favor not nothing's guaranteed but uh I'm, unless things change i'm i'm gonna be double the field on philip rivers and double double the field on hilton and over the field on uh on paris campbell all right, staying with you, Brian, and turning the page to the Philadelphia Eagles and L.A. Rams. Uh, I've got an interesting number for you for anyone that cares about air yards. Many don't. But from a, an upside standpoint, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there because it's going, to, it's going to explain just how volatile this Eagles team is going to be all season. There are going to be games where they completely, entirely shit the bed uh, and they can't connect on anything deep downfield and you're left crying into your soup but this hear me out deshaun jackson last week led the entire league in air yards with 210 jalen rager was sixth in the league with 144 so just a small stat there but something to suggest that carson wentz and this team still plans on airing it out even with a makeshift offensive line last week that was missing dillard and brooks and specific or especially lane johnson who's back this week um, I know Miles Sanders is returning, but I still expect them to try and utilize this speed. So, again, Brian, this is one of those strange teams where there will be weeks that they connect on five balls, 20-plus yards downfield, and others where 
Carson Wentz is sacked eight times and can't get the ball out of his hands. And when he does, it goes into the other team's uh, fingers. Yeah, well, when you describe it like that, it makes me rethink my 0% Carson Wentz here. But uh, I, don't, I don't have a lot of them um, across the board, except Sanders, though. I'm over the field on Sanders. Um, you know, he could, he could score without any of these other guys doing anything, obviously. He could rag up points without even scoring, really, if he catches like eight balls or something. Um, but I don't, I don't really have any, any, any of the wide receivers, which isn't super surprising considering I don't have any Wentz. Um, but I do have some shares of, uh, Zach Ertz. So I'm not, I'm not huge on him. Okay. How about you, Alex, in this game? I like, uh, I like the, uh, Sanders spot here coming off of the, uh, week where he missed it. I think that. All the signs are that he's going to be fully healthy and ready to go, and we are expecting a big workload for him this year, and he's not kind of like the trendy player. The problem with the receivers, like, I know, like, you're citing that Sean Jackson got tons of air yards, but the the thing that scares me off the receivers in, in Philly is the snap counts. Uh, it was just like a, a rotation of five guys playing between 36 and 58% of snaps at, at wide out. So Deshaun Jackson played 58%, Rager played 58%, Ward, Arcega, Whiteside, and Hightower all played a, a good amount. And that's not ideal for fantasy where you just need a guy to really be on the field all the time to be a good play. So um, that has me a little bit worried about targeting wide outside Philly. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not as worried about it because I think when these guys are on the field, they're going to get targeted downfield. Again, it's very risky. Like this is, these are these are types of receivers that can have, you know, one for one reception for 18 yards, and that's their day. Like there's definitely concerns here, but I, I will point this out as well. This line opened at Eagles minus uh, one, then moved to plus one and a half. Last I looked, the Eagles are back to minus one. So uh, it's kind of, kind, kind of seen a little bit of movement here over the course of the week. Uh, where are they at now? Are they still at one? They are. That's okay. Yeah, uh, they're not even listed. They've got to be on the board. I don't know. I'll have to find it again. But nevertheless, uh, this game should be competitive. Uh, and that's one thing. You know, Vegas has this game being very, very close. One possession game potentially. Brian. How about on the other side where you had Cam Akers in his debut, pretty disappointing. It was actually Malcolm Brown that, that shouldered the, the bulk of the load and, and produced more than anyone else. Uh, and then uh, Cooper Cup was quiet. Robert Woods had a solid game. And Tyler Higby disappointed a lot of people who really liked him coming into this week. What are we doing with the Rams against the Eagles? Uh, really, really quick, I've seen the Eagles as high as minus two now. Oh, really? So Yeah, they're getting okay, up, so back it's up moved- there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I so I have a t- a low uh, total team rushing yards projection for the Rams, which I thought was a little surprising, considering you know Brown looked good and there's a lot of hype for um, for the rookie, but uh, I only have them, the whole team projected for 92 yards rushing against the Eagles, like in the even in, in this tight game, 22 point team total. You know, that's all right, I guess. But um, I have them. I have Acres projected for thirty-three point seven yards and Brown for thirty-nine point eight. So, you know, 
that's not enough for uh, to make it. I don't, I don't think I have them in my pool at all, even one share. Um, you know, and it's kind of like who knows what's going to happen with Brown going off last week. Who knows who's going to get those carries too? And uh, I, I just don't like I don't like the matchup. I don't like the uncertainty. So uh, they're probably not going to be in my in my field. Okay, Alex. Before we move on, I'll just ask you about a, a couple of these pass catching options. Uh, I have a little bit of interest in Cup and Woods. The Eagles are notorious for funneling opposing offenses to the air. They will. They'll shut. The, the, the one real strength they have defensively is that defensive line and, and a very stout run defense. They allowed like 2.2 yards per attempt last week. Uh, still in the loss, but they're, they're, most teams have a very difficult time getting things going against them. Their linebacking core is okay. They've done a good job at limiting tight ends, but outside receivers have given them hell. I think getting rid of Ronald Darby has benefited them. But all in all, uh, is is this a spot where Jared Goff can can connect with with Robert Woods or, or Cooper Cup in what should be a, a decently high scoring game? Yeah, I kind of like it as a contrary implied because Cup and Woods they're they're actually pretty expensive uh, across the industry, which is surprising because. It's not like they like had killer games on week one, and Philly is kind of a, a as you guys are saying the Rams are underdogs. It's not a great matchup for the Rams, so I think Woods and, and Cups stand out as good options, but maybe a little bit overpriced, which is exactly the kind of player you want to sprinkle in. And these guys like on a good day could easily get thirty points, uh, just getting a lot more targets than you'd expect. Talking a lot of DraftKings, but there is, in fact, a FanDuel-specific show. If you wanted to check that out, be sure to do so. It's, it's every single Thursday. Um, Matt Gajeski and Kyle Dvorak, they broke everything down for Thursday's show. Uh, and that was, uh, it was a good one, man. It's, it's in the afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, but you can go back and check that out if you haven't done so yet. It's the FanDuel DFS strategy show every Thursday right after Matt Savoka and I do the matchup game-by-game breakdown for the main slate on the strategy show. And then, of course, if we don't get to everything today, which we might not, uh, we want to hit on all of the important stuff and, and some of our favorite pivots and contrarian spots. The Deeper Dive tomorrow with Alex Baker, with Ben Rasa, myself. NFL Deeper Dive, 10 a.m. We're going to take you all the way up to lock with the injury report and then live before lock. So stick with us leading up to 1 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. Uh, let's do this, Brian, before we get to uh, some of our favorite bets and props and our fate of the week, and maybe a couple of value plays here is, are there any games, are there any spots that, that you think are worth hitting on right now that we haven't touched on at this point in the show? Um, let's see here. Um, a decent amount of ground in a short period of time. I must yeah, we, we, we got all the, all the guys, all my, all my stacks pretty much. Cause we did, we did touch on Tampa Bay, right? Um, no, you know what? Good call. Chris Godwin out. Uh, go, you know what? Floor is yours. Let's run with Tampa Bay. I, I'm very glad because we can't miss that one. Yeah, so with Godwin doubtful, technically. He technically he just got ruled out. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, a couple, like 20 minutes ago. All right. So I kind of wish he didn't because that would keep the ownership down a little bit. So this might change now with, I'm assuming, Evan's ownership's going to go up what 10 points or something now yeah a lot. but um i did have evans as my number two uh total uh total exposure and wide receiver 
and and over the field on Brady. So, yeah, that kind of sucks, but <laughs> I I liked it. I I also have some Ronald Jones. Uh, Love him this week. The the season long guys, uh, Overzet and and those and those guys talked about him for like three months straight. Before <laughs> yeah, Davis Maddock is a huge Ronald Jones stan for there sure. You go. Yeah. I'm, I think I might be rolling with them this week. So we'll, we'll see if that changes with the ownership. Hopefully, hopefully maybe it stays. It's, you know, it's Saturday. So maybe people aren't paying attention, but, um, but I like the spot. So do I hit that thumbs up. If you haven't done so yet, we appreciate all you guys hanging out with us uh, each and every Saturday here on awesome.com's on the contrary. It really does help us a ton. It's the easiest way to help support us. And if you haven't done so yet, Hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you always know when new content's dropping next. Any sport that's got content, we probably got shows for it throughout the week. All times you jump on the channel, we're probably live. So uh, if you always want to be kept apprised of what's going on, hit the notification bell. And just to be nice, hit that thumbs up as well. All right, uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on Ronald Jones in this game in general? Because... I'm shocked that Ronald Jones was as cheap as he was. Bruce Arians actually kept his word uh, when he said that Ronald Jones would be the bell cow, even though Leonard Fournette and, and LaShawn McCoy came in. Uh, Ronald Jones, in a game that they played with a considerable deficit through most of it, actually uh, had the lion's share of, of opportunities. And now they're, what is it, nine-and-a-half-point favorites now? Monster favorites, even without – eight-and-a-half, sorry. Even without Godwin um, – because that baked into the line, I think I think Ronald Jones gets a lot of opportunities against the Carolina defense that had so much turnover in the offseason, looked terrible against Oakland, and according to Pro Football Focus, ranked dead last in run defense after week one. Yeah, I think Ronald Jones is a play that has a lot of upside because the, the matchup versus Carolina where Tampa Bay is huge favorites, uh, Carolina's defense looks really bad, and Ronald Jones saw 17 of 24 run- rushing attempts for the Bucks last week. So I think he's a really good play. But now that we're kind of like diving more into it, I'm kind of like having a little bit of second thoughts because he played 33 of 70 snaps last week. But a lot of that was because Tampa Bay was trailing and they went to LaShawn McCoy. Uh, so I think Ronald Jones is a really solid play. Uh, there is a chance that Fournette plays more this week, but it would be unusual to see him play. Uh, he only played nine snaps last week, so it would be unusual for it to be like so many snaps that Ronald Jones wouldn't have enough volume. Yeah, and I'll be honest. When it comes to a running back, I'm far less con- concerned about the snap count as long as you're getting the ball when you're on the field. Uh, LaShawn McCoy played, what, third? What did he play? 30 some snaps, I thought it was. 20, sorry, 36%, 25 snaps. He had one total look in the entirety of that <laughs> game. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. What about Scotty Miller? He's a topic of conversation in our YouTube chat right now. Uh, is, this a, is this a fool's gold spot after his week one performance against the Saints? Or is uh, Scotty Miller someone we need to pay attention to, particularly with Chris Godwin's sideline, Brian? I I think you gotta at least uh, look at them. Um, I don't. It depends. You know, all this stuff kind of depends on what the ownership looks like tomorrow morning, right? Right. So if he if he's like the the DFS darling of the day and he's like for some reason popping, I'm, I'm, I might end up fading him. But right now, I would I would have him in in some stacks 
um, even some game full game stacks too. Um, I, I think I am a little bit under the market in the in the uh, the DFS market as well. Um, we'll see what that looks like tomorrow morning. But as of right now, I'd I'd, I'd play him. But keep your eye on that ownership. Do you guys have any interest in in Pittsburgh passing game? Because I'm a little worried. The the whole offensive line is 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 gone. Like Banner, uh, DeCastro, Wisniewski, they're all out. I, I Tomlin even said, yeah, we're a little bit. There's a little bit of angst there. So, is is there anything from this game? I guess uh, Brian, you first, and then Alex, and then we'll go to our our, our top bets for this week. Like, is there any interest here, or is this one that you guys are largely avoiding? I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to play it. Uh, I like Deontay Johnson and, uh, and Juju. Um, not a ton. Um, Roethlisberger's pretty low on projected, so I'll be getting a little bit of him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Roethlisberger can still go off, you, you know, you'd assume. He's, old, he's getting up there, but um, he's the type of QB where uh, a game stack can really, can really pop for you. Um, where some of these guys, you know, it might just be one one wide receiver. Even though last week, leave last week aside, like a Rogers Adams love affair, where one guy gets forty nine points and no one else gets anything. Um, Roethlisberger can spread it around to a couple guys and you know rack up twenty plus for each wide receiver. Um, and they're and they're fairly low owned. Uh, Deontay Johnson's you know got some ownership on him, but uh, I don't hate it. Alex. Philip Lindsay's out. Cortland Sutton might not play. Uh, like I said, the offensive line. But Brian mentioned low ownership on Roethlisberger. There's always the potential to put up a big game. Uh, this one, though, probably going to go over, largely overlooked. Melvin Gordon not getting a ton of attention right now. Uh, expectedly low-scoring game. Steelers about a touchdown favorite last time I looked. Do you find DFS value in this one? I think it's one of the weaker games of of uh, this slate. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh with the running backs kind of are in uncertain roles with Connor coming back. Or, or he was injured week one, and now he's practicing in full. But they're like Benny Snell might have a role going forward, where they're like Connor would be the bell cow before. Um, Deontay Johnson looks solid for the price, but. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is really expensive. He'd be a fade for me, I think, because my, my big thing going into this season was he just wasn't targeted at a large rate last year when he was on the field. Uh, a lot of that people were willing to write off because it was Mason Rudolph uh, and some other dude throwing the ball. But uh, he was still only targeted six times in week one. He did play 100% of snaps, though. So I'm, uh, I'm not super high on Juju. I think um, there's some value on the other side, though, with uh, Melvin Gordon, with Noah Lindsay. If you're just tuning in, we got the flash sale going only till the end of this show. I'm assuming we got 10 minutes left. Yeah, we're going to, we're gonna, you know what? I'm telling you right now, no assumptions. We're going to 345 Eastern time. That's what we're going to do. Just made the executive decision here. 50% off your entire month of Awesome Plus NFL subscription, right? ownership projections top stack tool and i'm telling this to everyone who's just joining if you've been here bear with me for a moment it's too good of a spot to pass up it's a flash sale meaning it's only happening from the beginning of the show to the end of the show and then poof it's gone 50 percent off monthly nfl awesome o plus pass week two 
is the promo code. All one word, week two, W-E-E-K, number two, one word. Get in there. Half off the entire month of NFL content. It's gone in 10 minutes. And it's gone. All right. So, you ever see that episode? No? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. <laughs> uh, can't wait for the new special coming up, by the way. Oh, yeah. going to be great. All right. Um, Brian, you do props. Uh, you've got your finger on the pulse of the betting market. Alex, you as well. As, if you have projections, it, generally speaking, when it comes to props, you can get a good read on them. But um, have you looked into any lines on these games, spreads, Brian, that, that stand out to you that you really like this week? Um, I, I I looked at a few things. You know, I don't know if you guys could bring up your odd shopper, but I was I was going to – I was talking Oddshopper.awesomo.com, by the way, if you guys want to follow along with us. Go ahead. Um, where you can use how, how you're kind of supposed to use line shopping in general. Um, it's probably not going to make a lot of sense unless it's popped up on the screen. But um, yeah, I got it. You do? Yep. Okay. Oh, is it up? Because I'm just on our, our Zoom call. Yep. So um, you could see like the, the – the, what are they, blue boxes uh, that are highlighting – what side has the best odds? Um, I'm not sure if you guys use, do. You guys use like push chart chart data to like dial that in. Um, you know, you you know what I'm talking about? Because like sometimes like points aren't equal. So like in football, the key numbers are three and seven, right? Yeah. For obvious reasons. So around those numbers, the values different. The values differ on a point. But like generally speaking, if you ignore those, like half a point's like is like the vig. It's like ten cents. It depends, but it's somewhere around there. So um, you could, you know, good explanation. There's a couple chapters in Ed Miller's Logic Sports Betting uh, book, and there's there's other books out there too. But I think that one has a good synopsis of how the reason you're line shopping is because when you find the best line, you get basically vig free, uh, vig free bet, even though you are paying vig the book is off from the market, right. right? And more specifically, what you really want to do is you want to dial in the sharpest book uh, for that specific sport because all the other books usually just copy it. So if you could find the line that's off from the market and matches the, the, the market leader is what the book would be called, you're, you're not only betting big free, you might be betting with an edge. You might even be betting with a, like a slight plus EV. And so a good way this weekend is in uh, as points bet. I don't know if it's just Illinois, Alex, or if it's points bet everywhere across the country. They're doing big free NFL sides. So, like normally, unless you're Rufus Peabody, you can't beat sides. <laughs> I don't care what people tell you; you're not going to beat sides over the long run. But if you line shop and you pay attention to the market and the market leader, you could probably break even. Maybe find some plus EV bets here or there. But when they're giving you rake free, especially this week, you're, you're, you're plus EV because you're going to get. And I don't know if the lines move, but the three bets I had earlier, um, let me look them up. I told Alex in, in a DM were uh, Philly, the Steelers, and the Chiefs. So if you go to those lines in Odd Shopper, Alex, let's see if it's uh, there's still half points on each one. Yep. So. I'm bringing it up now. Yeah, for the Chiefs, we got minus eight, uh, even odds on points. But okay, so it's still minus eight. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so like you could see the market is at eight and a half basically, and only points bets off. 
and then you see the plus 100 plus 100 on each side that's vig free so you're getting vig free so it doesn't here's another thing about about line shopping so once you find a line like this forget the vig even if, even if there was vig you're about even you're about break even you're, you're not paying the vig because the market's off so if you're lofty and you like to handicap games you have opinions you can't really go wrong because you're minimum flipping a coin here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you should bet your life savings on coin flips. Absolutely. But if you have, if you have an opinion, if you model, if you listen to Rufus Peabody's podcast and you want to tell, you know, there's hunt. You just saw a report that no one else saw that Mahomes' knee is hurting a little bit. You anything, anything you could think of, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because you're betting into an EV. You're betting into a, a coin flip situation, so you can't be that wrong either way. Where if you don't line shop, you're going to be paying the juice every single bet, and eventually you're going to, even with those little edges, uh, you're going to get blood dry. So you want to line shop, and now this weekend they're doing no vig, plus the half point. You could blindly bet the Chiefs here, and you know I don't want to say with 100%, but certainty. But I would say this is a blind bet plus EV. You know maybe just a little bit, but you could do that uh, on you know and it's even better if you could really keep track of the market and see which ones are moving and which books move other books. Um, and like, I'm just like looking at this, it looks like the Cardinals. I think that line stale though, that Cardinals line, I think that moved to minus seven already. Cause I was going to bet it before the show. Um, the Steelers, I don't know if it's still stale, but that, yeah, that looks like you got a, a, an obvious half point. Uh, line and even though it shows minus 105, if you go to points bet, it's it's vig free, it's 100. So like you're getting you know you're getting 10 cents on every bet, and you do this. I doubt they're going to do vig free the whole season, but if you could do this for a full season, you know you can make thousands and thousands, depending on this, how much you bet. Yeah, just blindly absolutely. betting into these lines. I was it's something similar, and I, I tell people to do this all the time with DraftKings. They were releasing lines the next day or the, the day before, and you have to have a good idea of whether or not it's going to move. If it seems off and you go and you look on another book and it's off and it moves, like you were getting three, two and a half, three point line movements on basketball games by the time people started betting it the next morning or through the night. Uh, and, and like you're saying, just finding places to get value because you're not going to, if you're spread betting, what, throughout the course of the season, you're, I don't know, Brian, there's a misinterpretation here that people think you can have a 75% win rate. You know, it's just, it's, it's never going to happen no matter how good you are. So no, if you're betting, if you're betting Sunday, five minutes before kickoff, you're going to lose, you're, you're going to lose money over the yep. long run. I mean, I bet even Rufus Peabody loses, would lose money if he was forced into those situations, especially without shopping at all. For sure. That's great insight, man. And I'm glad we can pull up Odd Shopper to check that out as well. Alex, what bets do you like? Any teams you're on for this week uh, before we head out of here? I'm more into the, the prop betting for sure. I, I, I uh, posted a new page on the site where you can look at all my projected uh, stat breakdowns. So you can use that to evaluate these prop bets as well. So make sure to check that out. Some that jump out. I'm looking at the rushing yards on DraftKings right now. Malcolm Brown at 44.5. I mean, he had a big game last week, so I assume that's influencing the market. But I think this backfield is going to be really hard to predict. So I think that I'd go under on that just because I feel like his workload isn't going to be consistent from week to week. Um, Derek Henry under 118. 
And then, uh, I mean, James Robinson over 49.5 I'm kind of interested in because we saw, like, he got all the rushing attempts for Jacksonville last week. So you can kind of just go through the, the, the props there and uh, find some good values based on the projections. Yeah, you know, if I could add on to that really quick, you know, uh, a good, like, little tit if you're, tidbit if you're going to do this yourself, Alex has a copy button on there. And so a good way to beat props is to quickly price a whole bunch of them. So if you could set up a little spreadsheet where you bring in the data from your book and copy and paste Alex's in there, V lookup, you can quickly see some, you know, That's a great idea. The, where, the, where the changes are. And then you could probably, because it's kind of a pain in the ass, honestly, especially if you're looking through each one. Like the, the interfaces on these, these sports books, they really need to hire a UX guy. But, uh, you know, that's a quick one. And, and really quick, too, like, notice where the vig is on these you know because it can be minus 170 on the under or something huge you know especially with like the touchdown props and stuff like that so pay attention uh to and yeah the touchdown and inter- interception props are real real tricky if you don't know how to properly price those so just yeah, keep your the, eye out for that you're gonna get a lot of these like you'll see oh man 56 rushing yards let me jump on that and it's minus 158 so it there's, there's not a ton of value there. All right, last one, Brian. I'll, I'll throw it to you since you're our guest today. By the way, if you guys are uh, joined later, if you did join late, check out Brian's podcast. Uh, you can check that out on YouTube. Brian Hooper is the channel. Wednesday, it's LOLZ, L-O-L-Z, talking football, DFS betting, him and Pete Overset breaking it all down. Uh, how do you feel about some long odds bets? For example, like a Derrick Henry plus 350 to score the first touchdown or – uh, some of these longer odds bets where, you know, if you hit it, you're very happy, but the, the, the likelihood of doing so is pretty low. Yeah. The way I, the, it would be the exact advice I just, just gave is I would, you want to price a whole bunch of these very quickly and easily, and then just see the obvious ones that are off. I don't price those. It's too much of a pain in the ass for me. I'd have to like build a whole simulation for that specific uh, uh, market. And so I'm not I'm not interested in it. And a lot of a lot of times those markets are like, especially if they're one sided, one way. So one way lines look out. Uh, they're generally just got a ton of vig on them, um, and they and they don't have the feedback mechanism of an under or an over, depending, to 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 sharpen those lines. So they could just put 35 points of juice on it and just put it up there and then all the squares will bet it. Um, and so like, you gotta, you gotta be careful with, with those. And like, where, you know, I mean, I would try to figure out how to model it personally to, to, to see where, cause sometimes there is value in those like golf futures and stuff like that. Uh, you can, you, there's, there certainly is mispricing in there, but if you sum the probabilities of a lot of those markets, those, especially the one ways, they're supposed to equal a hundred percent. Right. Uh, and there'll be like 180, you know, like right. 165, just tons of vig on it. So I, I would probably stay away from the one ways and the two ways. If you could find a way to price a whole bunch of them quickly in a, you know, uh, in a uh, profitable fashion, I, mean, I would use uh, stats and math and spreadsheets and stuff. Have at it. All right. Well, we'll close it out with our fade of the week. Appreciate you guys sticking with us throughout all of this. Come back tomorrow morning. We'll do it all over again. Uh, to get ready for week two. Alex, fade of the week. Who are we going with? 
Man, I love this part because uh, whenever uh, one of these high owned plays goes off, you can just blame us for for all of that money that you didn't me. win. <laughs> so uh, my fate of the week here is I think um, I feel like Devonte Adams is. Oh no. I know, yeah, I feel horrible about this, but I feel like it's not that I don't like Adams. I think he's a good play, but I just think there's a lot of excellent wide receiver plays, so I'm happy enough to, to not have Adams on a lot of my rosters. I don't have that FOMO because I feel like a lot of other guys that, that didn't have that week one explosion have similar upside. So that's uh, one way I'm building this week. Balls of steel, man. <laughs> All right. Uh who do you got, Brian? Uh, if if this doesn't work out, blame Alex, not <laughs> me. Tweeted him. Uh, Logan Thomas, tight end. I have zero percent. <laughs> I I don't mind that at all. I, I made a comment that if you're stacking Arizona, and you're running it back with your lone man being Logan Thomas, uh, yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I. Give me an explosive Terry McLaurin or something, but I, I I'm with you. Uh, he's gonna he's very people love him this week. They're always looking for the cheap guys. Uh, I'll give you a, my low on pivot at tight end. That'll be Mike Gesicki. I've already told you that that I think, um, not even from an analytical standpoint, but just the 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 lack of bodies at the the linebacker position can really make life difficult for a team defending an athletic and talented tight end like Gesicki. Uh, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper, the guy, and here's why. More times than not, when Amari Cooper's chalk, you coming in lower on him can work out. He, is, he disappears more than any, like, quote-unquote, top-tier receiver out there. Um, if, if Atlanta looks to take him away, I'm not sure they will, but if they do, we've seen Dak Prescott time and time again say, all right, screw it, I'll, I'll go to Amari Cooper, I'll go to Randall Cobb, I'll, I'll go to Elliott. Now it's Amari or now it's uh, Michael Gallup and, and now it's uh, CeeDee Lamb. So uh, Amari Cooper getting like 26% projected ownership right now. I get it. He's priced well. But there are so many different spots in this game that you can get to to be a little bit different. So that's it for me. And that's it for us. Brian, appreciate you joining us, man. Great Thanks stuff. Great betting insight as well. Alex, awesome. Oh, Baker, you and I will be back tomorrow with Ben Rasa to do it one more time before we kick off the week two slate. Thanks everyone for watching. Hit that thumbs up on your way out the door. Subscribe, hit that notification bell. And if you haven't done so yet, maybe we'll leave this flash sale open five more minutes. Get in 50% off your Awesome o Plus NFL monthly all access at awesome.com. Just use that promo code week two, all one word, W-E-E-K, number two. We'll see you back here next time on The Contrary. I'm <laughs> sorry.